0: Good morning again. My name is Kevin. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, uh, we're glad that you're you're here worshiping with us. So our, our scriptures this morning have all of us at ground zero of what it means to be a human being. What it means to be a human being is to deal with conflict, to deal with conflict between each other unless we completely ignore it and try to stuff it away, which in that case we become at conflict with ourselves, we will encounter conflict together. And what we're hearing in our passages this morning is that dealing with conflict as the family of God is a very grave and important work. God has entrusted to us that in some way, we would reflect the will of heaven in how we deal with conflict with one another. In fact, that heaven comes to earth in no greater way than when we faithfully deal with sin and conflict between one another. That's what Jesus is saying when he tells the disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He is entrusting us with the responsibility, the grave responsibility to carry out His will and His view of conflict and sin in our lives between one another. This is such an important work in the life of God's family. Now, I want to share with you a quick story, something that Happened to me and to Katie recently. Um, a friend of ours came to us and asked if we could talk, and if it could just be us that would talk. They did it in this very gracious way. Could we sit down? And that—that's a tr- uh, uh, even that is a hard thing to do, a courageous thing to do. We have to find a time when the, when the kids aren't around, which is difficult at this stage. So we sat down, and the friend shared with us that. There was a way in which we had placed some unreasonable expectations on them in our relationship. That we had made things much harder for them in the way that we placed expectations on them. And it was so courageous what they did. And and we listened. And after a little while, we asked some questions. And then we also... Um, not attempting to defend ourselves at all, but just seeking to give a broader picture of the circumstances, we shared a, a few other of our, our perspectives on it. And the, the friend listened so graciously. And at the end of it, we, we were just apologizing and thanking the friend for being willing to come to us. And you know what? At the end of it, our relationship with that friend is even stronger. And we're more deeply grateful for who they are because they were willing to bring up something difficult and challenging. Now, I know that it doesn't always work out that well. (laughs) Conflict doesn't always go that way. But in the Lord's mercy, that's what he desires for us. Now, our passage in Matthew chapter 18 that I'll be spending most of my time in is it begins in verse 15 with these words, if your brother sins... Go and show him his fault when the two of you are alone. And perhaps the two most important words in this passage are these, your brother. Beneath those words lies every family relationship that is possible within the people of God. You see, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, which we heard, love one another with brotherly affection. This is the Bible's way of saying, you are family. Jesus is trying to teach the disciples, you're not just lone individuals anymore. If you're going to be my people, that means that you are family in my name, and you represent me together. So your brother means a mother in the faith a father in the faith, a sister in the faith, or a brother in the faith. And what do we know about what it means to be family? When you're family, one of the worst things that you can do is be indifferent toward one another. Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen a spouse relationship where one of the spouse spouses or both spouses were indifferent toward one another. Have you seen this? Where it seemed like one of the spouses or both didn't really care much about what the other did. It was just sort of a contract relationship at that point. Right? It's such a painful thing to watch that kind of relationship play out. Have you ever seen... Parents who seem to be indifferent toward their children, it's an awful thing, isn't it? If, even if you haven't seen it, to imagine it isn't an awful thing. And the ripple effects of indifference, if you're on the other side of receiving indifference from people, it is one of the worst things of the world in the world. In fact, I've, I've read people who say that indifference is worse than even being hated. At least if you're hated, you know the person thinks about you. Indifference is an awful thing. And what Jesus is saying when he says, if your brother sins, go to him and tell him his fault, is we cannot afford to be indifferent to one another as the family of God it matters what your brother and sister does. It does affect you. For some reason in our world, we've changed indifference to somehow mean love. And we're supposed to say in some way that just tolerating what each other does is somehow more loving. But that's not at all the case. Our behavior does affect one another. And so, what I do and the way that I sin is absolutely your business as the people of God. And your sin, it is in some way our business. And that is a hard thing to say. The most important words in this passage probably are your brother, we are family. And as family, we're called to care for one another enough that we will talk to each other about our sins and about our failures and the ways we've affronted one another. Now, when it says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault or tell him his fault, we, we need to be careful here, is the goal in that to nail them to the wall. To make sure they see things exactly the way that you see it. Is that the goal? This word, it can also mean to question. It can also mean to ask a question. You know, Jesus is in just a moment. We didn't hear it this morning, but it's later in the same section. Peter is going to ask, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother for his sins? Seven times? That's generous, right? And Jesus says, no, 70 times 7. We need to realize that at the point that we decide to go to our brother or sister and talk to them, we already need to be in the place of being open to receiving their perspective and especially willing to forgive them. Now, that doesn't mean you need to wait until you're already at the place of forgiving them. Sometimes you need to go and just realize you're probably going to mess it up. Even in going to them, you might mess it up. This whole situation, the whole life together in the body of Christ requires grace above all else. Toward both sides. But when you go to that person, the perspective is not, they are wrong, I'm right. The perspective is, will you listen to me? I w- would love to listen to you too. Go to your brother. Show him his fault in a humble and loving way. It is your brother after all, right? Now here's the other important part of what Jesus says here. Go and show him your fault between him and him alone. Do you first put it on Twitter? Twitter? Or a social media site of your choosing? No. And we need to be very honest that many of us go to other people first. And we go to people who cannot solve the problem for us. And there is one word for that. That is gossip. And it is sin against your brother or your sister. And it's sin against the body of Christ. Now I realize many of us need to process things sometimes in a way to understand even what we're thinking. You need to be very careful who you process with. And you need to be very careful why you're doing that processing. You are representing the Lord Jesus Christ and whatever it is you say and do as part of the people of God. So when Jesus says, go to your brother, talk to him and him alone, he is asking you, give dignity to your brother or sister. This is not about a public shaming. This is about love. That is the, the priority, is love for your brother. So if your brother sins, Jesus commands you to go to him. And so I want to ask you in this first phrase that Jesus gives us, in dealing with conflict as the people of God, are you being courageous and loving in your relationships? Courageous and loving enough to go to one another and talk to one another about your sins? Or are you being indifferent? I I do, as another man, I think men especially struggle with this. I think men especially struggle with this because doing this in a loving way requires us to have some sense of emotions. And we're not always great at emotions. I'm sorry to stereotype. It's the way it is. The one emotion that we really like is anger. And that's not the one that's most fitting for this kind of conversation, is it? Men, I hope that you are not being indifferent In your immediate family relationships, your spouse, your children, I hope you are not being indifferent toward one another. Are you being courageous and are you being loving? If your brother sins, go to him and tell him his fault between you and you alone. Now here's the next phrase Jesus uses. If your brother listens, you have gained your brother. If your brother listens, you have gained your brother. There's this contrast that Jesus is providing in this conversation, in this, in this teaching. It's between a brother who listens and a brother who does not listen. Or the other way he puts it is he refuses to listen, which is actually this idea of listening past what the person is saying. You're, you're putting a wall up so that whatever the brother says just ricochets off. You're preparing your response while the brother is talking, so you're not really listening. Look, a lot of us know this, this is basic stuff. One of the greatest difference makers in the health of a relationship is whether you listen to one another. You can be worlds apart in the way that you approach life, but if you're willing to listen to each other, it makes all the difference in the world. This is not just psychology, relational health kind of stuff. Listen, who is the greatest listener there is? It is God, the God who listens to his people's prayers every time they cry out to him. If you want to be like God, one of the biggest things you can do is become a person who listens. And it is very hard to listen when people are telling you that you have sinned against them. It is very hard to listen when people are telling you that you have done wrong. Are you a person who's willing to listen when you're on that other side? Are you a person who's willing to receive whatever the other has to say before you respond? But here's the beautiful part. If your brother does listen, you've gained your brother. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying that sin builds up a wall between us and our relationships with each other. All of us are missing out on each other and the gifts we can be to one another when there's sin between us. Our relationship is diminished. But if we listen to each other, the wall is broken down. We can receive one another again, and the gifts that we have to offer one another, if we're willing to listen. The next phrase that Jesus uses, But if he does not listen, take one or two others with you, so that at the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be established. Listen, what I want you to hear, us to hear in this, is Jesus is not telling them to go gang up on the other person. This is not about um, the just strength in numbers. Yeah, there's some accountability in other people being around and hearing it, but here's the greater point that Jesus is making. Jesus dwells in relationship with a God who is triune. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, He and His Father are always one. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. When we take two or uh, three others, with, when we go as two or three others, we are representing the unity of God Himself. The loving unity of God Himself. And if we're on that other side, listen, if two or three brothers or sisters who love you and love God come sit in front of you and say, you've sinned and you're unwilling to listen to them. What does that say about your own soul? What does that say about where you are before God himself? Did you hear what the passage in Ezekiel said? God's heart is, turn, turn to me. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. None. And so God sends brothers or sisters to you to represent him and his deep love for your soul. So take two or three others, not to gang up, but to represent the unified love of God. And then we hear Jesus say that if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Again, this refuse to listen is a listening past. The person is not receiving what these people have to say to them. Now, but isn't this so mean? Doesn't this sound mean? Look, if we're to be a part of the family of God and the people of God, we have to be willing to acknowledge that there are some behaviors that absolutely do not represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also have to be willing to acknowledge that no brother or sister is able to create their own creed or moral code about what it means to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. These are not negotiable things that we're talking about being confronted over. These are about following the Lord God and following the word that he has revealed to us about himself. These are not matters of personal opinion. And so it is a very grave thing for the church to decide, you know, let's just be willing to love each other and tolerate evil. Paul says, abhor what is evil and love what is good. So I realize this sounds painful, but it is also the most loving thing to do to tell each other the truth and to escalate the matter when we continue to refuse to listen to each other. If he refuses to listen, treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector. Oh, what is Jesus saying here? Is he saying to shun those who do not listen to us? Here's the really beautiful thing about the end of this passage. Who is the most kind person to Gentiles and tax collectors? Jesus himself. Listen, people of God. (laughs) Jesus is not calling you to shun others. What Jesus is saying is that when others refuse to listen to us, we should no longer expect them to be a part of the family of God in the same way. We're not to expect the same things from them any longer. But we should continue to pursue them with deep, deep love. And to pray that they would turn back to God and turn back to his people. This is who Jesus was. This is who he's been to us. We were Gentiles and tax collectors. And he loved us. Right? And this is what he calls us to do with each other in love. Now, this whole process that Jesus is laying out for us, he's not asking us to do something that he hasn't already done. Here's how I would wrap this up for us. This whole process is what God has actually done with all of us. If your brother sins, go to him and show him his fault. This is exactly what God has done for each and every one of us. We sinned. But while we were sinners, God died for us. And he has come to us and he has sought to show us our sin between him and us alone. Jesus comes to us and he seeks to reveal to us our own sins so that we would listen to him. And so that he would, I would even say, the part where it says that if your brother listens to you, you've gained your brother. I think Jesus would be okay with us saying that if we listen to him, he has gained us as his brother or his sister. Jesus confronts us with our sin so that we would repent of it and so that we would enter into relationship with him. But if we stubbornly refuse to listen to the Lord Jesus about our sin, it will get escalated. Not just now, but into eternity. It is a grave thing not to listen to God and one another about our sin. And so I would ask you, are you dealing with your sin with God? Are you confessing it to Him? Are you turning toward Him and faithfully living into His mercy? But also, are you faithfully, courageously, and lovingly dealing with the sin in the family of God? With each other's sin? Again, We don't live just to ourselves. We live for one another as the people of God. Are you courageously, lovingly going to your brothers and sisters? Because you're not indifferent. Because you deeply love them. And you want to see them walk with the Lord God. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.